Are you ready? Yeah. Are you with it? Yeah. Okay, let's go. You know what to do. The whole world's watching and counting on you. And all you people listening out there, everybody, everywhere. Hang on, hang on, hang on. Welcome to Checkered Past, a loving postmodern examination of the Go-Go Check branded comic magazines published by DC Comics between February 1966 and August 1967. I'm Dr. Bob, and each week I'll be your guide on this trippy tour through 535 mid-century masterpieces of graphic noveldom. This week, Batman number 187, an 80-page giant. Cover date, December 1966. Cover price, 25 cents. Cover artists, Jay Winslow Mortimer, Kurt Swan, and Stan Kay. Edited by Jack Schiff. Featuring Peril at Playland Isle, written by Bill Finger, art by Dick Sprang and Charles Paris, and The Batman of Tomorrow, written by Edmund Hamilton, art by Dick Sprang and Charles Paris, and from 1945, a Batman Sunday comic strip, Gotham's Cleverest Criminal, written by Alvin Schwartz, art by Jack Burnley, and Charles Paris. Are you ready? Are you with it? Then away we go-go! Batman visits a carnival, gets help from the future, and meets his newest femme fatale. Confused? Don't worry, I'll be right back with Dr. Husband to explain everything. It's an 80 page giant. It's a comic that's got 80 pages. An 80 page giant. An 80 page giant. Snow, 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 snow. I'll wash my hair with snow. Have an affair with snow. It's I'll snowing. Did you snow. notice? Yes, it's snowing. Oh, yes. I could have spit nails yesterday. What happened yesterday? Well, I was in the church with the children, mm-hmm. having their little choir practice, <coughs> and they were just a little bundle of energy. Mm-hmm. They were hyperactive. They'd had too much sugar. Uh-huh. And uh, one of the parents was in the room there. Uh-huh. And he looks out the window and goes, hey, it's snowing. The parent. And then, and then I lost all control of the of situation. The children, of course. Yes, yes. <sighs> oh, my goodness. Well. Parents, what are you going to do? How's your day going? Oh, terrific. I slept in. Mm-hmm. I had a long, long dream, uh, which combined the fantasy and whimsy of Harry Potter's mm-hmm. Hogwarts Academy with the realities of academia. I was trying to figure out how to keep Hogwarts open post-Voldemort. Because, <laughs> of course, there'd be a decline in student population. Of course, yes, and, for a variety of reasons. Yes, and, you know, a demographic cliff, as it were. Mm-hmm. So, you know, coming up with theories, we came up with uh, an initiative to have all the dwarves in the world enroll in Hogwarts. Oh. And that would be... Right. Like, not... Little people. I'm talking about actual dwarves, like magical right, dwarves. Right, magical dwarves, mm-hmm. yes, yes. So uh, I don't know how that worked out because I woke up. 
And then I went to the doctor and then I came home and took another nap. And then I went out to get a haircut and had lunch with my husband. Have you met him? And then I went to CVS drugstore to get my passport photo taken so I can go to Scotland. Well, your morning sounds a lot more productive than mine was. Really? What'd you do? Well, I woke up about the same time that you did mm -hmm. and I cleaned the kitchen. Okay. And, uh, That's something. Yeah, yeah. Then I went up to my office, and I don't know what I did in my office, um, but it it, it yielded uh, a little bit more space on my desk. I'm not exactly sure what I did now. Um, and then, uh, let's see, I did some comics reading, and then I did try to lay down to take a nap, but then I got a text, and I couldn't go back to sleep. So, of course. Yep. And so then I just got up, and I was like, okay, well, I guess I'll shower and get ready to go to watch you get your hair cut. Yeah. <laughs> then we went to lunch, which yeah. is nice. Um, and um, and then we went to Walmart, which is not nice. Oh, um, I forgot that. Yeah, 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 yeah. And came home. And uh, but it's a nice weekend. It's a three day weekend. Yes. Um, and then we the weekend that we celebrate Martin Luther King Jr., uh, Dr. Martin Luther King Jr. And um, I'm so uh, we uh, we we didn't do any service today, unfortunately. But um, we are here with some snow and reading comics together, and. Uh, and enjoying the day. Podcasting, that yes. counts as service, I would argue. And you mentioned we opened with the snow. Yes. Um, we are both curious as to whether or not we're going to have uh, uh, enough snow to close this institution tomorrow. Yes. And I am now on the weather team. Oh, I'm so excited. Yes, so at 8 o'clock I'll go on to a virtual meeting and we will do some... Uh, some studying of weather predictions and try to determine whether or not we're going to close the school tomorrow. Do you have a meteorologist on your committee? Uh, well, I'm going to dress up like Jim Cantori from the Weather Channel. Okay. Yeah, yeah. Um, well, that all sounds terrific. Yeah. Bye. We'll see you next week. <laughs> guess what? Well, we... What? Well, guess what? We are going to be reading from the 80-page giant. It's an 80-page giant. It's Batman, number 187. And in a dismal cage sits the Joker, famed clown of crime and Batman's bitterest foe, scanning the latest startling news from the outside world. The headline says, Unknown public enemy behind new crime wave baffles police. Puh, cleverest, eh? The Sparrow, yeah. The Sparrow is the mm -hmm. name of the new mysterious criminal. And the Joker has a plan to get back at the Sparrow. I should mention, this is... From a Sunday newspaper syndicated story. It's uh, from the Batman and Robin comic strip, which ran between 1943 and 1946. And the daily strips would tell a different story than the Sunday strips. The Sunday strips would be this full page of oh, comics and tell oh, okay. one complete story in several weeks. What? Oh, in several weeks. Okay, yeah. yeah. Wow, wow, wow. This is really interesting. I mean, it's no Mary Worth, but... Does no, have its charms. Now, how, why does the Joker keep his makeup on and his suit when the rest of the uh, inmates are in prison guard? Well, I believe that to be just a prison jumper with he's got his gloves on, but hmm. um, his, his makeup on too. It's not makeup, my friend. It's his not? skin was chemically altered, and his because he jumped into a vat of chemicals to escape the Batman when he was the Red Hood. Oh. And his skin turned chalky white, and his lips red, and his hair green, and his face was contorted into an evil grin. Oh, like Vincent Price. Well, he looks like Vincent Price in this comic. Of course, a little, yeah, yeah. yeah. 
Vincent Price, of course, at the time was well known for his horror movies. Mm. You know, growing up, I just thought Vincent Price was a kindly old man who'd come on Johnny Carson and talk about recipes. I had no idea he was a horror actor. So the Joker calls the guard, oh, guard, and says, I've changed my mind. I would like to try out for the prison football team after all. My goodness. He's a natural, honestly. Well, he is. Look at how he he sends that football right over the wall. So he goes out into the yard with the boys. Mm -hmm. Uh, Luckily, the party for the children of the prison guards is over. (laughs) Is over, yes. We do know about that from previous time. Yes. He kicks the ball. Wasn't that the penguin, though? I don't remember. It was the penguin. It was somebody, yes. Um, He kicks the ball over the prison wall. Mm Mm-hmm. And waiting outside the wall, we should mention that he did write a coded letter to his hench people. Mm-hmm. His hench people now are outside the prison wall in the bushes. They replace the ball that he kicked out, and they the guards get it and toss it back inside the wall, and now it's the fake ball, and it's full of smoke. Right. It's a smoke the bomb. The old switcheroo. It's a smoke bomb, and it's a... I mean, it is an extensive smoke bomb. It is blinding. They can't see a thing in the entire prison yard. And And that evening escapes. Yes, at Bruce Wayne's residence. He's got the evening paper. That's when papers used to come out twice a day. Mm -hmm. Joker stages sensational escape from Gotham Pen is Mm -hmm. the headline. The end. See you in next week's installment. Right, right. His criminal reputation at stake because of widely publicized crimes of the Sparrow. The Joker, famed foe of the Batman, has just engineered a successful jailbreak. You know what I like? What? That they're not spending like half of this Sunday page telling us what happened last week. Like they just assume you've already read last week. Yeah, I like back for more. So he says, gentlemen, now that I'm back, the myth of the mysterious sparrow's superiority in crime shall be abruptly shattered. Hey, it's me, Mincemeat Mulligan. I got a message for the Joker. My boss, Desparrow, sent me to bring you to the hideout. Desparrow thinks you got talent and would like to place you in the organization. What colossal nerve. Show this fool out on his ear. Now, this is the 1940s, right? Yeah. So, like, if he had done this recently, uh, if he had done this recently. Yeah. Uh, rather, if they had dr- and used that dialogue, mm. they would send the guy back holding his ear in his hand. <laughs> nice right? one. Yeah. yeah. Or mean, just send his ear back. They probably actually, actual gangsters would have done that in the 1940s, too. Mm. Uh, so, Mincemeat Mulligan goes back to the Sparrow and reports that the Joker has declined the Sparrow's kind offer. I love how they wrote his dialogue. And the Joker did not take kindly to your offer, Sparrow. I think his pride was Hoyt. His pride. I think his pride was Hoyt. (laughs) That evening at Bruce Wayne's home, they spot the bat signal, Alfred announces. And Bruce hurries Dick along to get dressed as Batman and Robin. At police headquarters, they find a note. Dear Batman, at precisely 10 tonight, I will steal Sasha Dreyfitz's Stradivarius as he plays before a full house at the concert hall. Affectionately yours, the Joker. Sasha Dreyfitz. It's supposed to sound like 
No, Heifetz or something. Yeah. Like yeah. So Commissioner Gordon has posted men all around the concert hall, even planted a few in the orchestra. Police like, in the orchestra? I'm sure maybe percussionists or something. Oh, yes. Yeah. Uh, just the same. Not to say that percussion isn't a difficult instrument to no. play. No, but... Uh, just the same, uh, Batman assures Commissioner that the Joker will try. And so Batman and Robin are all going to be standing in the wings to make sure nothing bad goes wrong. Mm-hmm. Well, it's five after ten already. They're at the theater. And no Joker. Maybe he realized he'd bit off more than he could chew. But just then, a policeman comes in to report that a laundry was just held up around the corner. The thief got away with eight shirts. And he left this card the of Joker's the Joker's card. face. Right, the Joker's card. But but I can't believe it, unless he really lost his nerve. Why not? It's happened to other crooks. He must have gotten cold <coughs> feet on the way and picked on something nearby instead. So there are a couple of gangsters, I guess, reading this? Uh, I, I prefer to think that it's just normal people on the street laughing at the Joker's misfortune. This is a, uh, on the Gotham Gazette, the headline, Joker gets cold feet scorned strad for clean shirts. Laundry stick up his anti-climax to threat of major crime. Ha ha. (laughs) Now the Joker is back at his headquarters with his fireplace in the shape of his own face. Telling us, the reader, that he's been framed. He never sent that note. He wasn't near the laundry. And the sparrow is trying to make a fool of me. I'll settle with him if it's the last thing I do, furious shake fist in the air. Let's come back and see what happens next week. Well, so we do. The next week, we get this little recap of the previous week. Through a spurious note signed, The Joker, which threatens a major crime that doesn't materialize, the Sparrow makes a laughing stock of the Joker, who now plans revenge of his unknown competitor in crime. This is like an epistolary novel. It's all told in notes. Mm. The next day, the Gotham's Gazette headlines, Joker note denies previous crime threat, blames Sparrow, promises theft of giant Gotham Square neon sign. (laughs) Yes, the Joker is going to steal the famous Higley's bubblegum neon sign, which hangs over Gotham Square. The police are there. The only way the Joker can get to it is from the roof. And the police are covering all building entrances. Batman... Approves of the setup. They're even prepared if Joker flies in with a helicopter. Mm-hmm. But Batman's smarter than all of them. Batman thinks he's going to come from the street because that's what Batman would do. So what do you know? Well, Batman's going to set up an anti-tank trap. Yes. Right? So the Joker says, in one hour, we start. And when our prodigious feat is accomplished, the Sparrow will realize how grossly he's underestimated me. So one hour later, a huge truck speeds along the one-way street fronting the Higley bubblegum factory. Look at that hay truck tearing along down there. The driver must be off his top. Well, the driver is off his top. That was a cop. He's Irish, of course. Of course. Uh, The truck is full of hay. It also has a man with a bazooka in the passenger seat. This is quite a feat that they're going to do. They're going yes. to shoot a bazooka. Fires the bazooka up to loosen the sign. Which, which falls onto the truck with the hay in the back. Yes. Mm-hmm. And is perfectly fine. They're going to drive off with it. What are they going to do with the neon sign? I don't know. Is that a, such a massive crime to, to pull? I mean, it's menacing, of course. And it's um, 
I mean, I'm sure it'd be quite an expense to replace the famous Higley's bubblegum sign. Mm. I mean, it's not like it's a giant neon sign of someone blowing a bubble. That would be... That would be a theft. That would be a theft. That I would do yeah. if I were a super criminal. So they steal the sign. They take off at the truck. Suddenly, next week, the truck is trapped by this anti-tank mechanism that Batman set up in the middle of the road. Wow. Out pops the Joker. And the anti-tank mechanism is um, like a cement kind of... Um, barricades. barricades, yeah. Yes. Like outside a Target store. Yeah. Um. It's too late for them to break. The truck smashes into the anti-tank well, barricade. It seems like the sign is saved. The sign is fine, because it's in a bed of hay. Mm. Joker jumps out of the truck. with Batman's there waiting for him. How'd you manage to get here, Batman? Because that's exactly how I'd have done it myself if I wanted to steal that sign. So I planted this anti-tank trap at the end of this one-way street. That was pretty... He was pretty confident that the Joker was going to obey traffic laws. Yes. And not just back up the way he came. Well, yeah. They were going pretty fast. I love this dialogue. Yes. Mm -hmm. They were speeding. You were saying? Nothing. Go ahead. Please. You've cut your final caper, you grinning jackanapes. Jackanapes. Hmm. It was the 40s. Suddenly, a cute little sports car pops up. Yeah, and a woman. Like a clown car. Right. She's got a red hibiscus in her hair, and Uh she's got a little red cape, and she Mm -hmm. says, Come on, I couldn't bear to see you talent like yours wasting in some stuffy old jail. For the love of Pete, Batman says. Did you see that? The Joker rescued by a beautiful blonde. Who is she? He says to her, now we get a panel of the Joker and whoever this woman is in the, the car. You gorgeous creature, how could I ever thank you? If you'd been, if I'd been caught by Batman, the sparrow would never have stopped crowing. But now, thanks to you, I can still show that swell-headed four-flusher that the Joker never forgets an injury. By the way, what's your name? They call me the Sparrow. What? A dame? A dame. And it's weird in that panel, he, I guess he shrinks down in his seat because he looks like a dwarf uh-huh. next to her. Not a magical dwarf, like an actual little person. He, he actually looks like a hobbit. The scale of his body. Uh-huh. Mm-hmm. Um, also, she's not blonde. She's redheaded. It's clearly Lucille Ball. Oh, is it? Doesn't it look like her, that profile? That does, doesn't it? Yeah, you're right. You're right. Well, let's go to the next week. Yes. About to be captured by Batman, the Joker is rescued by a beautiful blonde, redhead, who turns out to be his unknown competitor in crime, the Sparrow. Well, this ungrateful bastard, the Joker. Yeah. He says... You, you're the sparrow, the one who tried to make me ridiculous with that laundry gag. Why, if you were a man, I'd... Why, Joker, is that how you show your gratitude? Gratitude? You expect gratitude? Why, you only rescued me in order to go, to overcome me. Oh, no, rather, crow over me. To make me ridiculous. Let me out. Do you think I'd waste my time rescuing a grinning idiot like you unless I had some use for you? Now get back in here and behave. I've got plans for you. Well, she takes him to an abandoned sawmill as the sparrow seeks to persuade the stubborn joker to work for her. I am wondering what is the deal with this car? Because it is literally the size of like a Shriner's It is described as a clown car uh, somewhere. Well, where did she get it? She's not a clown. Uh, I don't know. Um, you keep going, and I would just quickly sketch back. Oh, okay. oh, here we go. Here we go. No, no, no. It's coming up here. 
right in the third line Oh, down. midget. A midget, midget car. Midget car, they call it. Well, that's politically incorrect. We'll call it a clown car. That's yeah. better. Um, later, in an abandoned sawmill, as the sparrow seeks to persuade the stubborn joker to come work for her, well, he's, she's got him tied up to the uh, sawmill. He's about to get sawed in half. Mm-hmm. And I don't mean like a magician's trick. Mm-hmm. He's going to be sawed right down the middle. Uh, he can be freed if he'll only agree to work for the Sparrow, but he won't. So Batman is on the trail of the tiny little car. He tracks it down a road full of fancy houses and uh, just is counting on pure luck that he's going to come upon wherever this Sparrow person is. Right. And he does. He comes upon the sawmill and he hears the Joker for calling for help. In they come, mm-hmm. and the Joker's just about to get sawed in half. What a situation for you to be in, Joker. Next time you'll stay away from strange blondes, redheads. Yeah, she's gonna, she's gonna saw him in half. He had to promise that he would work for her. Yeah, and she said, and he said, absolutely not. So she's going to literally kill him. Well, and she gets out of there because she hears that Batman and Robert are coming. Right. And uh, also that there's no time to release the Joker. So they go out the back door. That's when Batman bursts in. Batman and Robin have arrived just in time to rescue the Joker from the clutches of the Sparrow, who succeeds in the meantime in escaping. Joker reports that that woman was indeed the Sparrow. He is getting prepared to be taken into custody by Batman and Robin, but he makes a quick exit down the chute of the sawmill into the river below. His hands are still tied behind his back, so Batman and Robin assume he's going to drown. Mm -hmm. But he doesn't. He rides the paddle wheel back up to the top of the sawmill. In he goes, cuts his ropes with the saw. And that evening at Bruce Wayne's home... Robin's complaining that the Joker gave them the slip. Between him and the Sparrow, we'll never be able to rest. Bruce says maybe it's just as well he did escape. It takes a thief to catch a thief, after all. With the Joker still at large, we're in a position to let him and the Sparrow help catch each other. Listen. That is that week. With those two competitors in crime, the Joker and the Sparrow still at large, Batman plans to have them help catch each other. And at the Sparrow's nest, another headline. Joker note threatens theft of archives from Melgon Library. Melgon? Is that what that says? Um, It's so small. It is very, very hard to read. That's what it says, Melgon. Yeah. Uh, now, Sparrow says this is her one chance to prove who's kingpin around here, or should I say queenpin? (laughs) (laughs) So, the police are all there in the Melgon Library. Batman and Robin are there. The police say he'd be crazy to try it. Batman, he wouldn't have a chance with all this police and you here. Right. Just the same, Batman has a hunch. He will try. Right. And now, if you'll excuse me, gentlemen, Robin and I have plans of our own. So then, later on that day, the Joker comes hopping down this enormous chimney where these uh, these books of the, of the library are held, mm-hmm. uh, the, the archives. Yep. 
And he is nabbed by the police. Yes. Right? And he what he doesn't say a thing. No, to them. he's so angry he won't even speak to us. Well, the sparrow's waiting outside in a normal sized car now. Mm-hmm. Uh she says the Joker didn't do well because she sees the police taking the Joker off. Mm-hmm. He didn't do well, but it's making it easier for me. Now that they've got him, the cops are leaving. We, will he burn up when he learns how he paved the way for me? So this girl in her evening gown, uh, longtime comics readers will know that I, when I describe her dress as the uh, blonde phantom look. Mm-hmm. She strolls into the library in her evening gown with a pistol, surprises the guards, and announces that she's going to steal a couple of books. <laughs> Just then, what do you think happens? The Joker drops out of the chimney. The Joker drops down of the chimney. But guns. You were just arrested. I just saw it. He said, ha, 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 that was my decoy. Some innocent fool I hired to drop down the fireplace, disguised as me. Just a stunt to remove the cops. Poor fellow. He didn't even know what he was, uh, I can't read this guy. Oh, he, doesn't, he didn't even know what he was doing it for. Just then, from the balcony of the library, now comes Batman and Robin with a giant net. It's a trap. He has netted both the Joker and the Sparrow. And Joker says, how come you were still hiding here if you thought I was caught? Hmm. Because I was expecting the Sparrow, too. You see, I sent that theft threat to the press, Joker, figuring you'd regard it as another Sparrow ever to humiliate you. I knew that would make you go through with it, and I knew the Sparrow would try to stop you. And I guessed right. So, <laughs> all's well that ends in a cell for you two. Ha, 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 ha. And that's the end that's of That's the end. And what was that, eight weeks? Yeah. I mean, that would have held weeks? my attention. I think so. One, two, three, four, five, six, seven. Seven weeks. Yes, October 28th through December 9th, 1945. Nice. I like that. That would have held my attention as a youth reading the comics. Absolutely. I mean, to be honest, I... I unironically read Mary Worth, so <laughs> I'm an easy mark. Mm. That reminds me, I hope everyone reads my very favorite website of all time, Comics Curmudgeon. It's at joshreads.com, yeah. and he uh, reads comics and mm. makes fun of them, much like we do here on this program. He's, he's very, very clever, and he's been doing it for years and years and years. 20 years. He's my idol. Anyway, I also thought it was a nice gimmick to reprint uh, newspaper strips in an 80-page giant, which I thought was some kind of novel idea. But I read in the letters page that it was often done in the 80-page giants really? in Batman because okay. he did have that strip that ran for a while. Okay. Yeah. Okay. All right. What's next? Well, I think we're going to go to an amusement park. Yes, it was an amusement park. Certainly no place for tragedy until Batman and Robin the Boy Wonder found themselves involved in a mystery and a manhunt. For there, in bizarre contrast to the carnival of fun, Batman fought a grim battle of wits with a desperate killer until he ended at... Peril at the Playland Playland Isle. Isle. For God's sake. What? Can we do that again? Yes. (gasps) Peril at Playland Isle. Isle, 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 Isle. I mean, I can summarize this story. It's essentially Murder on the Orient Express, <laughs> only with Batman and an amusement park instead of the Orient Express. Have you seen the Murder uh, Murder on the Orient Express recently? 
Um, not recently, no, and not the Kenneth Branagh version. Okay, I've seen the old timey one. Okay, why do oh, you ask? So, well, I don't know. I was just curious because you see, you like to watch old movies. Sure, I do. Um, and and we just saw that. Uh, oh, what is that? That Death in Venice or something in Venice? Uh, murder, the ghost, and something Venice. Haunting in Venice. Haunting, Haunting in, Venice. in Venice. Yes, 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 yes what it was. Death in Venice is very different. It's about a rich man who becomes obsessed with a young boy. Oh, no, wait, that is Batman and Robin. Okay, we're on track now. <laughs> we're on track. So, we're on a private yacht. Oh, la la. Batman and Robin, the boy wonder, cruise towards the newly completed Playland Isle. Just a minute. Who owns this yacht? Jeffrey Epstein? Oh, God. Uh, Batman asked the captain if the job is finished. Yes, Batman, the workmen have gone. The only people on the island now are Mr. Barden and a few guests. Imagine, Robin, Charles Bardu brought an entire amusement setup from a carnival owner and had it moved from Gotham Beach to his island, and it's all going to be free for children. Just stay with me here. I'm not a builder or an architect. It strikes me that it would have been cheaper to just build a new amusement park on the island rather than moving it from Gotham Beach to this private island yeah, and reassembling f- it. Well, you know, I don't know. Who knows? Maybe the, they were in dire financial straits and it was just in good shape, you know, uh, financially. I guess. I don't know. But, I mean, honestly, the children have to go by yacht. Yes, private yacht as mm-hmm. it is. Later, they are greeted by Barden, the benevolent millionaire, who has invited them to a preview. When I was a boy, I was too poor to have fun. So I found that if I ever became rich, I'd provide free amusement so other children could have the fun I never had. (laughs) Too poor to have fun. You know, when my sister was a little tiny tyke Mm -hmm. and my mother was complaining about how poor they were, she said... But, Mommy, we're not poor. We're happy. Aw. You're never too poor to have fun. That's the lesson here. Yes. Soon, the caped crime fighters are introduced to the only other guests. This is my daughter, Edith, and her fiancé, Macklin, my nephew, Wilton, and a business friend, Carter. Mm Mm-hmm. And here is Pete Kahn. He owned the carnival at the Gotham Beach, until I bought it from him. He supervised the rebuilding of it here. Pete Kahn, and he's wearing a yellow checkered vest and a straw hat, and he's got a paper-thin mustache. I wonder who the villain is going to be. If you're wondering why I sold it... Wait, I have to get into character. If you're wondering why I sold it, Batman, my doctor ordered me to retire because I had a bad heart. Let's go, Con. It's time to check the rights. God, that's hard to do. (coughs) Yes, you're still recovering from COVID. I know, right? We want to make sure everything is in working order for the children tomorrow. We'll start with the fun house. The fun house. We. I love a good carnival. Just later, as Batman and Robin wander about, <laughs> just like they, they don't even get a tour. Come on, man. Uh, Pete Conn rushes out and says, Hurry, Batman, Mr. Barden wants to see you right away. He's waiting for you in the fun house. But the fun house has become a site for grim tragedy. Now, Inside the funhouse is a giant animatronic clown mm. that's rocking back and forth laughing. Oh, 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 oh. I mean, giant. Oh. It's like 50 feet high. Yeah. And Barden is dead. He's been shot. 
That's the last thing you want to see when you die is a giant 50-foot clown laughing at you. L- lumbering over you, yeah. yes. Uh, you know what's going to happen to me when I die? What? That damn beagle of ours is going to be standing on my chest. Eating your face off. Probably. Uh, Batman and Robin got there so fast there would have been no time for the killer to escape. And so they split up to search the funhouse. Batman opens the door. He's in a waxworks. And one figure suddenly comes to life. It's a pirate. Pirate. And he's got a sword. Batman topples the wax. uh, What is that, a Yeti? Bigfoot, yeah. Bigfoot. On top of the pirate. And down they slide. Uh, this looks like a lot of fun. I mean, I if they weren't fi- if they weren't trying to kill each other, um, this looks like a, the floor spins and then gives way, and they go down a giant slide. That sounds like a blast. Down the giant slide into a trick mirror room, and then onto a spinning disc in the floor. Mm. Now, while Batman's off balance, the pirate shoves him into what into something. What is uh, one it? of those whirly? things where it's like a tube that you try to walk through oh yeah 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 yeah, yeah. remember on six million dollar man when i was just bigfoot? going to say the six million dollar man in bigfoot <gasps> that was awesome mm-hmm. yep later batman and robin meet up with pete con because the killer has escaped now mm-hmm. batman goes to question all the rests of the guests on the island which he already knows it's so interesting that he has all these reasons why they could have killed him Yes. When did, did he learn this from walking around? Did he know? Maybe because uh, uh, the um, well, uncle, he questions them. Well, he said Wilton. He you says, hated your uncle. He, you got to read the yellow box. Questioning the suspects, oh, Batman learns that each okay. one had a motive for murder. And then he sums it up by telling yes. them all their motives in front of each other. Wilton, you hated your uncle because he spent money on this playland instead of giving it to you to squander. And you, Carter, were bitter because Barden stopped financing your bad business deals. Well, uh, but there's a lot of judgment coming from Batman. He's throwing a, sh- a lot of shade. You, Macklin, you were bitter too because Barden refused to let you marry his daughter until you finished college. Look at that bitter, shrewish face of hers. That's That's true. Mac felt it was unfair for us to have to wait for two years, but he wouldn't kill father for it. She looks like Dunice on Saturday Night Live. (laughs) Really high forehead. And I'm Dunice. Um, I mean, he's no prize either. He looks like if Charlie Brown's friend Shermie grew up. Yes. Yeah. His face is a little warped. And retained the odd Charlie Brown head shapes that Linus and Lucy and Shermie all have. (laughs) So later, a shadowy figure slips through the funhouse. That damn clown's still there. Removing the hat from the robot clown, he examines it. (gasps) It's the pirate. He takes the hat off and it says it's empty. They're gone. Only one person could have taken them. To get them, I may have to strike again. Soon after, Batman and Robin are running, and he says, Where to now, Batman? To have a talk with Khan, who's waiting for us in the maintenance shack near here. He may know why Barden sent for us. Batman, help! Help! (laughs) The killer is attacking Pete Khan, and the manhunters, Batman and Robin, close in, but the killer starts the roller coaster... Oh my god, this would be so much fun, except that it nearly kills them. And Batman and Robin hop in the car behind them, and Robin says, Batman, what good will this do? His car will always be ahead of ours, but Batman is too smart for him. By the time we reach the crest of the steep hill, he will already be riding down on the other side, but the other side curves below the crest right under our car, and we're going to jump for it. 
That's great. This doesn't look very safe. No, not at all. Not even, I mean, not jumping notwithstanding. Just to ride this ride, there's no guardrails. There's no way for them to walk down should it stop. Yeah, no. Yeah. The killer's car is rocketing downhill, and Batman and Robin jump in and start punching. Batman tells Robin to get out of the way, but Robin's all, what's going on? I can do it. When was this this comic drawn? Uh, 50, mid-50s. It's a really good, I love these panels. My favorite are the uh, roller coaster panels. They're really good. Art is by Dick Sprang, who is noted for his Batman stories, and especially for drawing giant-sized things like the giant clown. He did a good job. Robin is knocked off the side of the roller coaster. I told you there should be safety rails. This roller coaster, first of all, is made of wood, mm-hmm. so it's already rickety, and it's probably, what, a half mile off the ground? A <laughs> half mile is a bit generous. Well, Robin's knocked off. Batman leaps after him. I've got you. It's all right, Robin. I've got you. Doesn't show you how he lands. Well, I obviously, they climb back up to the top of the roller coaster. That's mm. what I'm gathering. Mm-hmm. I'm assuming uh, Batman uses his cape in some way to slow them down. Well, no, he's Batman's grabbed onto the wood there. You can see. He's oh, I onto see. Wood oh, beam and I can see that. I can see that. Grabs Robin around the waist. Robin was a circus acrobat. He probably would have been fine, but yeah. Then we wouldn't have a story, would we? So now the killer is getting away. It's all Robin's fault. Mm-hmm. Uh, and let's go see Pete Kahn and find out why the killer was after him. They return to the shack and Pete Kahn is gone. Mm-hmm. Probably hiding, afraid the killer might try again. Kahn S- must know what Barden knew. That's why his life is in jeopardy. Let's find him and get him to talk. So they find it, and they look around there in the shed more, and they find an empty binocular case. A clue! Why would Khan take binoculars with him to wherever he's hiding, unless he wants to watch for the killer from a high spot? Yes, that makes sense. Mm-hmm. Uh, out they go onto the midway. There's a parachute drop and a Ferris wheel. It wouldn't be the parachute drop, Robin says, because he couldn't hide up there. So Batman says it would have to be in the top gondola of the Ferris wheel. He's bound to spot me going up, so here's what we do. So moments later, Batman scales the Ferris wheel. Yeah. Um, and Khan is up there at the top. He says, get back, Batman. I'm warning. I've got a gun. I'll shoot. I'll shoot. Suddenly, Robin leaps from the parachute ride. That is a hell of a leap. Uh-huh. I told you he was a circus acrobat. Uh... He tackles Khan and knocks the gun out of his hand. Mm -hmm. Batman comes on up, and Pete Khan apologizes. I'm sorry, Batman. I wanted to keep that necklace so much, I didn't know what I was doing. Huh? What necklace? This is the first I've heard of it. Mm -hmm. So that, that was the reason for Barden's death, and now you're afraid the killer is after you. What happened when you and Barden went to inspect the funhouse? We were checking the big robot clown's costume when suddenly Barden noticed something inside the hat. It was a diamond necklace. It must be worth a fortune. I've got to show it to Batman. Get him and don't mention it to anyone. While you're doing that, I'll put it back in the hat until he gets here. When we found Barden dead, I decided to keep quiet. So he didn't tell Batman about the diamond necklace. No. He was planning to go back later and retrieve it from the clown hat. 
Uh, he hit it in another place, in the joint. Oh, my heart. Dead. He, he collapses in his heart attack. All the excitement was too much for his weak heart. Now he's dead. And the secret of the necklace is But he wasn't the moiterer. With him. No, he, he was wasn't not the moiterer. He was just a jewel thief mm-hmm. with a bum ticker. Uh, now he's dead, and the secret of the necklace's hiding place is gone with him. But he did tell us the hiding place, Robin. He said, in the joint. Joint is short for juice joint. Carnival slang for an ice cream soda fountain. What? No. No. No, it's not. I did actually Google this, and it's not. It's uh, slang for a speakeasy. Yeah. But I guess if you're in the carnival and you don't have uh, I mean, I, I, bars around. I always remembered the joint uh, from that time period being referred to as That's prison. That's a jail, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Hmm. So, soon after searching the ice cream stand, the necklace hidden in the dry ice. Dry ice in the juice joint or ice cream soda fountain. I mean, so, that's assuming it doesn't have some sort of remote refrigeration. I guess, yeah. yes. Uh, Batman recognizes the necklace as a necklace stolen from the Van Dorf mansion by the gang of jewel thieves plaguing Gotham City lately. Mm-hmm. Uh, as Batman and Robin talk, they are unaware of a furtive figure creeping closer behind them. And Batman is beginning to understand, and just then he's clubbed in the head, knocked unconscious. Wow. They wake up. In a dark ride, the tunnel of fear. They're tied, their hands behind them. Mm-hmm. No use shouting for help, Robin, because we're too far in for anyone to hear. They are drifting toward the Genghis Khan figures, and Batman sees his chance. He stands up from the boat, which you're not supposed to do if you're riding in the boat in a dark no. ride. You are not supposed to stand up. There are very strict rules. Nor, do not stand up. Nor are you supposed to leap onto the animatronic diorama. That's it looks very like he's, dangerous. The, the, the sword, that cutlass is going to go right up to his head. Yeah, so he knocks over an animatronic figure of Genghis Khan or whoever is supposed to be right. and uses the sword to cut his bonds. To cut his bonds and then to free Robin. Hmm. We can talk about safety measures whether you're going to have an actual sharpened sword made of metal in your dark ride or not. Well, right. That's another topic. Right. Well, most people do remain seated. Yes. <laughs> but I guess if you're, gonna, if you're a millionaire and you really want these poor children to have fun, I mean, go all out. <laughs> or use real sharpened swords. Now, Batman and Robin race outside. They're going to call together Barden's guests, and if my hunch is right, I think I'll know how to pick out our man. So now, when the suspect's gathered, he says... I've, I've called you here to announce that one of you is the murderer, and I know who he is. You know who killed my father? Yes. You, Carter. You murdered Barton. Me? That's ridiculous. Why would I want to do that? It all fits. You must be the secret boss of the gang of jewel thieves. And because you wanted to keep your identity a secret from your own gang, you arranged for them to hide their loot in the hat of the laughing clown in the funhouse. Mm. You'd mingle with the patrons in the funhouse, and when nobody was looking, you'd extract the loot. But on the day after the theft of the Van Dorf necklace, you got a shock when you went as usual to Gotham Beach. Sorry, mister, the place is closed. It's been sold to Charles Barton, who's going to move the whole setup to his private island. 
Luckily, I know a barden. I'll get myself invited to the island and recover the necklace before it's discovered. After Robin and I arrived, you heard Barden say he was going to check the funhouse. You were afraid he might find the necklace. Later, you saw Barden and Khan find the necklace. And when Khan left to get me, you killed Barden. But we arrived too quickly for you to take the necklace. When you returned later, it was gone. So you knew Khan had it. That's why you went after him. No, 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 no. You're wrong. You can't prove anything you've said. Yes, I can. By these burn marks on your fingertips. Burns you got when you pawed through the dry ice to get at the necklace in the freezer where Khan had hidden it. Oh. When, when dry ice touches flesh, it leaves a frostbite similar to a burn. Mm-hmm. Now, Carter, hand over the necklace. Batman, look out, a cane sword. A cane sword. A cane sword. <sighs> Breaking away, Carter kicks a starter switch and leaps aboard a mechanical horse. Which he rides... Uh, which he rides on a... On what? On a round track? On a round... I mean, on a round yeah. track. I'm going to get away from you by riding around in circles on a mechanical horse. Ha <laughs> ha. Racing forward, Batman leaps high to the nearby jet plane ride. Uses the momentum to th- throw himself forward. Couldn't he just met the horse on the When it came side? back around. Yeah. yeah. Well, anyway, it's all over, Carter. Your next ride will be to the state penitentiary, <laughs> which is actually called the joint. Yeah. So the next day, Playland Isle becomes the setting for which it was intended. There's Barden's legacy, the smiling faces of happy poor children. <laughs> That's the finest bequest a man can leave. Look at the... Is it... There's... Whose face is in the farthest right of that last panel? That... Uh, a bully. That looks like a bully about to steal candy from that kid. No, it looks like, remember when we went to that carnival and they had the trash can lids were faces yes. of an excited child yes. whose mouth was open, ready to accept garbage. The trash, the garbage, yeah. That's what it looks like. Yeah. Uh, he's got a big pile of cotton candy there, too. Oh, wow. I oh, would... no, you're talking about the mean kid. I meant the mean kid. Look, oh, the I one see. Up, yeah, yeah, see the face? Yeah. He was like, I'm going to hit you over the back of the head and take that candy from you. I hope they mopped up the blood from the funhouse. Well. From the Moida scene. And look, there's Batman and Robin standing on top of the carousel. Yeah. Whee. All right. Can you stand one more? I think I can. Because out of a future time, Rob, comes a most astounding of visitors to present-day Gotham City. A Batman of the year 3055. 35-5. That's 1,100 years ahead of this. Here to fight a deadly present-day crime scheme of our era. But dramatic surprises are in store when the Batman of today is temporarily replaced by... The Batman, Batman of tomorrow. Tomorrow, tomorrow. Tomorrow. Bob Kane. He, no, it's not really Bob Kane. He it has isn't. to sign everything. He oh. created, well, quote-unquote created Batman. Um... But he t- took credit for everyone else's work. Oh. Yeah. Hmm. It's a known problem. Hmm. And uh, I will tell you who actually wrote this as soon as I look it up. The Batman of Tomorrow, written by Edmund Hamilton, penciled by Dick Sprang. Hmm. Again. What was I, what, I was watching, I was on um, like Instagram or Facebook or something, probably Instagram because Facebook doesn't have anything interesting. Mm-hmm. And um, there was a politician that was quoting a superhero's, she was praising a superhero and she said that superhero, it was either Superman or Batman. Um, and she said the famous 
Marvel superhero Superman or whatever. She said Marvel. And and <gasps> so and somebody put it on Instagram and called her out on it cuz she obviously did idiot. Know. Yeah. I wish I'd remember more than that. So. Well, I'm proud of you for knowing that it was wrong. Of course. Well, yes. It, yes. It was a very well-known DC superhero. What a boner, as <laughs> 1960s Batman would say. A perplexing problem. Uh, what? Let me a say that again. Perplexing. A perplexing problem faces Batman and Robin one night when they return to their secret Batcave. Three successful robberies in each case. The crook's mad. Uh, what? <laughs> Oh, it's hard to read these. Had. It's, it, these these reprints um, are hard. Yeah. <clears throat> Three successful robberies, and in each case, the crooks had inside help. Yes. We can't find out who helped them. This is like Joan Crawford on The Secret Storm. <laughs> I'm sorry. I'm Even sorry. in their everyday identities as Playboy Bruce Wayne and his ward, Dick Grayson, the crime crusher's worry persists. I'm afraid that hospital benefit ball tomorrow night will be their next target. I know, and fortunately I'll be there too as Bruce Wayne. And now we go to the next gathering, the ball that they're talking about, a brilliant gathering. A among, brilliant gathering. Yeah, among whose guests is a society, um, is a society idler whom none suspects to be the legendary lawman. Of course, we're talking about Bruce Wayne. Yeah, so here he comes down the grand staircase, atop which is a model of the new hospital. It's funny, he's throwing sarcasm to Vicky Vale. Yes. And it just could go totally unnoticed. Vicky Vale, of course, is there to cover the ball for View magazine. She'll get some real news pictures if those crooks strike tonight. Uh, just then, the model of the hospital starts toppling down the stairs. Mm -hmm. No time for Bruce to change to Batman. He has to stop it before it crushes the people below. He stops it with one arm. So I don't know how much crushing it was going to be doing if he can stop it with one arm. But I won't dwell on that. Right. He grabs a railing of the stairway and grabs the hospital thing. Model. Model. Meanwhile, the crooks are ripping pearl necklaces and things off of these ladies and opals and pearls and diamonds and everything. That woman in the front looks like your mom. She does, actually. Mm -hmm. uh, by the time panic ceases... Uh, Bruce is hurt. He's hurt his arm. And the jewel thieves have escaped. They seem to know exactly when the model would roll down and cause all that commotion. <laughs> the model could hardly have tipped over accidentally, even though it was propped up on the top of the stairs on a very flimsy-looking tripod <laughs> device. <laughs> Vicky, you were taking photos at the time. Maybe one of them reveals something. I'll find out. You get your arm treated, and I'll have the films developed at once. <laughs> Sometime later, in the offices of View magazine, look what this blown-up picture shows. Jackson Barrow, wealthy banker who was at the ball, tipping over the model. Wow! I'm going to find Batman and tell him all about this before I take my bad arm home, Vicky. <laughs> Bruce Wayne's arm is in a sling now. Yes, and in the shadowy alley outside where Robin awaits him, Bruce undergoes a painful change of garb. Ouch, this arm is really sore. I'll keep it hidden under my cape. I want to see Jackson Barrow at once. A banker like that helping bandits, it seems impossible. It is impossible, as Jackson Barrow soon proves. You've proved you were never at the ball. Oh, wait, that's, that's Batman, sorry. Yes. You've proved you were never at the ball, but you were decoyed. Yeah, you were <laughs> decoyed downtown by a phony call, which means a double of yours was there, Mr. Barrow. Batman, quick, here comes Vicky. She mustn't see you. 
Swiftly, the two beat a hasty retreat. Let's get out of here. That was close. If Vicky glimpsed my sprained arm sheet, no, I'm Bruce Wayne. It seems she's going to follow up this story. Then the inside help this mob uses are doubles created by a by the whole premise of this this um this entire story. Uh huh. Is fucking <laughs> so awful and stupid. Yes. Yes. I just want to say I I just remembered exactly where we're going with this story. Mm hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Afterward, in the Batcave's crime lab, according to our files, only one man could create such doubles. <laughs> Martin Vare, the theatrical makeup expert. Who went to prison for theft but escaped by means of a disguise. He must be the makeup man for the mob. Then we've got to hunt him down. So, just so we know. Yeah. There are mobsters who are being disguised to look like other people. Uh-huh. By a... Professional theatrical makeup artist. Yes, who's also a criminal. Who's also a criminal. That is the premise of this entire story. Oh, just wait, my friend. Ugh. Trouble is, I can't go after Vare with Vicky snooping on this case. She'd discover my bad arm and my identity would be exposed. If only we could substitute someone for you without revealing the secret identity to that person. Wait, there's someone already knows your identity and who could take your place till your arm's better. Alfred! Or Superman. Or anybody in the Justice League. I know. Let's the call on that friend of ours who's 1,100 years in the future. Brain Taylor. <laughs> you mean that Batman from the future? Sure. <laughs> Remember how he came in his time machine for the 31st century seeking your help? Yes. There's a Batman and Robin in the year 3054, too. I studied accounts of your exploits and trained myself and my young nephew to fight against crime in the same way. My Robin was injured, so I need the original Robin to help me in an important case. I'll do it. I'll go back with you into the future. <laughs> Never will I forget that strange world of the Batman of tomorrow, and I'll always remember the chase for space criminals in which I, and later you, helped Brain Taylor. <laughs> to be clear, this is not Brain, B-R-A-I-N. Brain, B-R-A-N-E. Maybe it's Brana. Well, I think it's supposed to be short, like a contraction of Bruce Wayne. Yes, yes. So I think he is a descendant somehow of Bruce Wayne. Of course he is. And when he brought us back to our own time, Brain Taylor gave us his super scientific radio so we could call him if we ever needed help. And do we need him now? There's literally no one else I'll who see. exists in this time. In this time. We have to use this Because I have a bum arm and we have to solve the great case of the makeup artist. <laughs> we have to pull someone out of the future 1,100 years into the future. Also, everyone knows it would be a scientific impossibility for two grown men living in the same town to both have sprained arms, especially <laughs> when one of them is a full-time crime fighter. Soon, the strangest summons in all history pulses across the time barrier to another. <laughs> Batman of 1955 calling Batman of 3055. CQ, CQ. Batman of 1955 calling Batman of 3055. Need your help. Can you come? No answer yet. <laughs> Maybe it doesn't work. But suddenly, before their eyes, a shimmering shape materializes oh in the bat cave. Folks, we haven't even been drinking yet. No, I'm drinking a uh, Diet I'm Coke. Coke Zero. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, I forgot when I read this story. 
Um, I was by myself and I laughed out loud. I thought this is the stupidest premise for a story I've ever encountered. I mean, this isn't even a major criminal. He's a makeup artist. <laughs> um, um, it's Brain Taylor's time machine. He heard us. <laughs> And once again, the Batmen of two different ages meet. Batman, you're hurt. Is that why you called me? Yes, I'm in an awkward spot and I need a temporary substitute. After a brief explanation... So Vicky's in danger trying to sleuth out Martin Vare, yet I can't protect her because she'll know from my bad arm that I'm Bruce Wayne. I'll take your place gladly. And I can give your arm scientific massage treatment. So it will recover rapidly. Scientific massage treatment. So, <laughs> why don't you just do that and then send, go on your way? It, uh, because it, not only does he need to have a massage, a super scientific massage, but the crime... The crime of the crazy, incredibly dangerous makeup artist yes. needs to be solved today. Today, yes. So the Batman of tomorrow soon starts forth with the Robin of today on a grim chase. <laughs> Don't worry, we'll find Ver, just as you helped me find those space pirates in my era. It's almost the same. Space pirates, theatrical makeup artists. <laughs> Only one difference between us might expose him as an impersonator. But it's so small, uh, most likely no one will notice it. What? What is the difference Batman has noticed? Will it betray this strange impersonation? Later, as the Batmobile hurtles towards Gotham City, Sitting with the man of future and it's First real. of all, why are you letting him drive? He's he, from 1,100 years in the future. Like, what if we went 1,100 years in the past? Are they going to let us drive the horse cart to market and sell our prize hog? Oh. This old-fashioned gasoline car isn't much like our atomic autos, but it's fast. <laughs> Look out! There's a freight train crossing the road up ahead. <laughs> God. <laughs> oh, I'll just use the, the Genesis, Genesis to jump, to jump over. Jump over. But where's where's the Genesis? Where's, where's your the Genesis, Genesis lever? What? Where is it? <laughs> we don't have such futuristic devices on today's cars. Hold on, our only hope is to skid around. <laughs> oh God! They screech to a halt in front of the driving train. Whew! That was close. Guess I'll have to be more careful back here in 1955. <laughs> you think, Brain? <laughs> you think? What if you kill Robin in the past and it changes the future? Hello? So shortly when they re... And this is all because Batman has a bum arm. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> Not even broken. No. It's sprained. sprained. Shortly when they reach the city... Theatrical costumes and makeup supply company. Vare must buy his makeup materials here. The largest theatrical so, uh, company in Gotham City. 1955 equivalent of Merle Norman. That's an important point. I see they stay open at night for theatrical trade. <laughs> no one's out there. The, the actors are on stage at night. No one's out at night buying makeup. Everyone knows that plays go on at night, and that's when... Actors also run off the stage during the the interval. Uh, oh my God! Intermission, and get more makeup supplies. When I was I don't know in my early twenties, 
my sister, the one who was happy being poor, she, for Christmas, bought me a Ben Nye makeup kit. That's theatrical makeup, uh-huh. everyone. Um, and she put it in a tackle box. And so when I unwrapped the present, my poor father said, oh, a tackle box. That's not how your father talked. No, but that that was the emotion behind it. A tackle box. (laughs) And it was full of makeup. And inside, Vare's prison was mugged. uh, Mugshot gets an instant response. Okay, so where are they? Well, they reach the city. They go to the theatrical costumes and makeup supply company. And they... uh, take his mugshot inside to the store owner. And uh, the store owner says, yes, that man bought supplies and a costume recently. I'll check our sales slip. So, you had the same idea I did to trail this makeup crook. Who? It's Vicky Vale. Okay. It's Vicky Vale. And Robin says, it's Vicky Vale, the girl I told you about. He goes, uh, or, uh, what I meant to say was, who would expect to find anyone so lovely interested in wigs and makeup? What? That doesn't sound like Batman. He never got so romantic before. The last purchase that man made was a flyer's costume. Then he's helping on another inside crime. We'd better check on any valuable plane shipments at the airport. And I'm going with you. That's Vicky Vale. They're all in the Batmobile. How come she gets to go? She's not a crime fighter. She's not a crime fighter. She's not a superhero. <sighs> Brain is driving again. Mm. They're turning away from the uh, airport. She points out that he's turned the wrong way, and he says, Am I Miss Vale? Well, having such a pretty girl nearby just confused me, that's all. And you are very pretty indeed, Miss Vale. There, we're on the right road again. Oh, Thanks. God. She says, Batman getting gallant? That doesn't sound like him. And he hasn't called me Miss Vale for years. And upon reaching their destination... Robin... He just doesn't seem like Batman to me. Are you sure he's not another imposter that Vare's makeup has substituted for Batman? What, Junebug? What do you want? She wants to be fed, probably. It's dark. Yes, yes. No, he's really Batman. And he is, too. The real Batman of 3,055. He's thinking to himself. Only I wish he wasn't such a ladies' man right now. Vicky's suspicions, however, are not so easily overcome. I'm still not convinced... Because I've also noticed something else about him, and I think I can prove it from whether or not he's really Batman. Uh, so they are just in time to catch this shipment of currency going out on a small plane. And there's the pilot getting in. He's running away from us. He must be the crook. But we'll never catch him now. Batman leaps into the air and uses his jet... What? Personal jet, jet motors. motors. What do you mean? I can easily catch him this way. Those personal jet motors, another of his future gadgets. Vicky mustn't see. My cape will blind her for a moment. (laughs) He just flaps his cape into her face so she can't see. (laughs) I don't know why he didn't just turn around and into his hands in front of her just like this. (laughs) Don't look, don't look. Don't look. By the time she can see again, Batman's already on the side of the plane. Uh... She doesn't know how he did it, and Robin tries to make some lame excuse. Next moment, inside the plane, he's punching out the pilot. Your attempted escape made you look like a crook, and this wig proves it. (laughs) Where's the real pilot you're impersonating? So, (sighs) go ahead. I won't talk. I won't talk. I hate what's that. (laughs) A little throat spray to loosen your tongue. 
<laughs> he won't know. It's our future truth vapor that makes it impossible to lie. By the time Vicky and Robin reach the plane, the truth vapor has taken its effect. We decoyed the real pilot out of town, and Vare's hideout is in an old farmhouse west of Gotham City. Vare is makeup man for all the mobs. In fact, he said he had a big makeup job to do for some top mobsters today. <laughs> <laughs> a big makeup job to do. Get that address and we'll go there fast, Robin. I'll call the police to take this crook. But Robin seizes his first moment to make a worried call of his own to the Batman of today. And Vicky suspects he's an imposter and says she'll prove it. There's only one thing she could have noticed that might prove it. Mime's recovering fast, thanks to that super scientific massage. Mm -hmm. um, I'll try to handle this. Soon, near an isolated farmhouse outside Gotham City. Vicky, won't you go home? This could be dangerous if Vare's inside. I still think you're Batman's an imposter, and I won't leave. Now, how can we get into that house without Vare seeing us? The Batman of tomorrow has his own ideas about that. I'll use my invisibility refractor to get in there the same way I got to the chief of those asteroid pirates. No! <laughs> she's coming quick. Become visible again when she's not looking or she'll catch on to everything. Robin, where's Batman? Has he slipped away to warn Vare? Well, he reappears. Now, why couldn't Batman of today have invented some kind of invisibility refractor I or flying jetpacks? Come on, Robin, you're not thinking. Yeah. Yeah. They burst into the farmhouse, followed by Vicky. What's his face is on the ground here. Uh, he's an official of Gotham Bank. And Vare made up to look like me and took off. Then we're too late. We'll release this man and go to that bank. Wait a minute, Batman. Notice the teeth marks on those wristbands? They mean he tied himself up. And pulled the cords tight with his teeth. But why would a bank official do that? Because he ain't no bank official. Because he's Martin Vare. When he saw us coming, he quickly disguised himself and pretended to be a captive to fool us. <laughs> why, I never dreamed of that. Vicky's like, Batman would see that trick as quickly as Robin did. Which means this isn't Batman. He's trying to free Vare. Uh-huh, uh-huh. You made up monsters. Oh, sorry, that's Robin. You made up mobsters for a big job today. What was it? I'm not talking. And Batman can't use his truth vapor in front of Vicky. Why not? Be because that would reveal that Bruce Wayne is Batman. He could just say, I just developed this truth vapor. With my perfectly good working arm. <laughs> <laughs> now. A hasty search of the makeup studio finally yields a clue. Finally. These photos, smeared with fresh makeup, he used them tonight as models. He disguised crooks as these men. But there's no way of telling who they are. Yes, there is. They're officials or employees of the Gotham Racetrack. The, Go the Gotham Racetrack. See the little track badges each one? That clinches Where's it. Batman wouldn't have missed that, so he is an imposter. I'll expose him. Why? Why? Why does she want to expose him? This fucking story's so, so stupid. Better get to the racetrack fast. There's a big race today. They expect to take in over one million dollars. Oh my God, not a million dollars. The stakes are so high. Presently, at the Grace Racetrack, Robin orders... Uh, them to close and lock all the gates and let no car leave. That'll oh. prevent a getaway. Okay. 
<laughs> seconds. <laughs> I just saw the bottom right panel. I forgot about that. <laughs> seconds later in the track offices, Batman orders the guard to stop those crooks. Are you kidding? They're some of our most trusted officials who handle the receipts. They're not. They're imposters. Disgust. What? <laughs> Makeup expert. Let me just kick this machine over onto them. Vare must have squealed on us, but this will block them till we get away in our car. They knock over some giant jackpot machine there in the office. Mm. Uh, Batman and Robin have closed all the gates. They're trapped. Their car can't get away. They say yes. We can still get away on these race horses through the stables. <laughs> the stables. No car can follow us through the narrow horse gates. They're getting away on horses. <laughs> Quick, Batman. We can run them down with our horses on horses ourselves. But I've never ridden such a beast. Nobody rides such animals in the 31st century. We ride winged unicorns and space dragons. <laughs> I don't know what this beast is. It's a valiant try, but a man who's at home in spaceship finds a horse a fearsome thing. This terrible beast is running me right into the fence. <laughs> I don't know how to steer it, and it can't jump that fence. Are horses that stupid that they're going to run straight in for a fence? Uh, if they're scared, they'll, they'll, yeah, they'll run into things. Yeah. Oh, yeah. okay. I apologize. Mm -hmm. I've never ridden a horse, I mean, obviously. they won't. I mean, I don't think... I think they'll, they'll, they'll run into things to get whatever it is off its back. I see. Yeah. Uh, so Batman of the future and his horse are about to run right into a chain link fence. <laughs> your personal jet motors are your only chance. Batman <laughs> tightens his legs around the horse. Does he though? Because in the first panel, he's not even sitting on the horse. He's no, just <laughs> grabbing on the mane. Oh, sorry. <laughs> <laughs> He, I don't know how he does it, but he uses his personal his jets personal to launch motors. himself and the horse over what appears to be a 12-foot-tall barbed wire yes. fence. It's a pity no one's around to see that jump. It's a world's record. That horse. That's probably horse. lame after that. I know. <laughs> Next moment, the twin Avengers thunder down on fleeing hoods, knock them off their horses... They're too groggy to try anything else, and so is Batman of the future. He falls <laughs> off his horse. <laughs> I don't know how he managed to stay on while rocketing the horse over the fence. Maybe he used glue like Auntie Mame. <laughs> Auntie Mame, Auntie Mame, fall <laughs> off! Uh, but who do you think is in the bushes? Batman of 1955. Is your arm better? Yes, thanks to your scientific massage. And I got Robin's call, and I'm just in time to take over again. You'll find the bat plane in those trees. See you in the bat cave later. But at police headquarters, some time later, Vicki Vale makes a shattering accusation. Wait, Commissioner Gordon, that isn't Batman. He's an imposter himself, and I can prove it. He seemed taller to me than Batman is, and my photos of him compared the old photos of the real Batman. Prove it. Batman is six feet one inch. This imposter is six feet two. Unless she is taking pictures of Batman on the door of a 7-Eleven, <laughs> how can you use two photographs in 1955 to prove how tall someone is? She's an expert photographer and reporter. She's not a reporter. That's the thing. She's just the photographer. She's Jimmy Olsen in a skirt. <laughs> okay. That's right, Vicky. I am an inch taller than I was, but there's a reason. 
You see, I received a scientific massage by my friend <laughs> Brain Taylor from the future. And maybe one inch taller. <laughs> when I work on electrical experiments, I wear these boots with inch-thick insulated soles, which make me an inch taller. I just happen to have them on. And a good thing I noticed the height difference and guessed that Dickie had too. Well, then I guess I was wrong after all. And so, back in the Batcave, as the Batman of two different ages part... Shouldn't it be Batman? I was thinking that it should have been Batman. For As sure. the Batman As of the two Bat different Min ages. Part. Of two different ages part. Thanks a million for your help, Batman. Glad I could help, but after trying 1955, I'll be glad to get back to chasing space pirates in 3055. It's easier. <laughs> I guess it would be if you don't have to notice clues or do any kind of detective work. Right. Or, you know do moderate research on a time period of the past that you're about to visit and how cars work and horses. <laughs> wow, that was fun, though. Wasn't it? I love that. I love this story. It was, um, I mean, I, I, I know I said terrible things love about hate. it. But love hate. I, I found it incredibly amusing. Yes. Especially that rocket horse that was the best <laughs> yeah that was almost as good as the previous story about the guy getting on the carousel horse to escape batman. to escape batman and yeah. just go in a circle yeah where he could yeah. have easily been apprehended yeah. well and, and space pirates i wish we i wish we could have had space pirates honestly just show up out of nowhere oh for totally no reason. yeah jump out of the time machine for pick up some theatrical makeup <laughs> Well, this will come in handy with our many escapades and crimes that we commit in 3055. Yes, they don't have makeup in our era. You can find us on social media at GogoJuckPod. You can rate and review us on Apple Podcasts or wherever you get your podcasts from. And you can find us right back here next week. It won't be an 80-page giant, but it will be fun. Absolutely. Bye! Bye.